Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. (laughs) And poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show. On Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. What, what, in the butt? I said, what, what, in the butt? butt. Sing it, Ryan. What, what, in the butt? I said, what, what, in the butt? Hey. You're in the butt. You're in the ass, actually. You're in the Adam Sank Show. Today is Sunday, December 17th. I am back with Ryan Frostig, the Frost Pig. The Frost Pig extraordinaire. Thank Thank you. you. Yes, the studio audience loves Ryan. The listeners love Ryan. Uh, It's always a pleasure having you here, Ryan. It's always a pleasure to be here. I love the ass. I love ass. It's always great. Ryan and I are both members of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, and our, our concert... Uh, we just did our, our three concerts for the holiday. We sure did. And what an experience. And uh, as always, you can go to nycgmc.org to find out all about our upcoming concerts. That's just a little commercial for them, mm-hmm. for the chorus. plug. We have um, a huge show coming up today. One of my favorite women, one of my favorite people, I should say, who just happens to be a woman, mm. Mo Gaffney, will be joining us. You are a Mo that loves Mo. I'm a Mo-Mo. I love me some Mo. Uh, for those of you who don't know Mo, you should. Um, I first became aware of her watching Absolutely Fabulous back in the early 90s when it first aired in America. And you will remember Bo, excuse me, you will remember Mo as the character Bo. Uh, Bo was married to Marshall, Adina's American ex-husband, and she was this very flaky sort of stereotypical airhead West Coast American, which is the opposite of what Mo is in real life. But she was so hilarious. And as the years went on and they did multiple seasons of AbFab, they kept giving her a larger and larger role, including in the movie uh, that came out just a couple of years ago. So Mo Gaffney, um, who's done so many amazing things in her career, not just AbFab, will be talking to us. Um, do not call us. We are not live today, but you can tweet about us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, hashtag ass. Email me at adam at adamsank.com with your questions and comments and dick pics. Uh, like our Facebook please. page, please. Please like the Adam Sank Show on Facebook. There's only about 550 likes. Brian is really into the dick pics, apparently. <laughs> Emphasis on the dick pics and ass pics. Yes. Um, and I should remind you that old episodes of the Adam Sank Show are now available on iTunes. Yay! It's so easy when you're on iTunes and you're you're downloading other podcasts and you're listening to music and whatever it is you do on iTunes. 
Just type Adam Sank Show into your browser and you'll see every uh, episode starting with one and going up to however many I've uploaded by the time you hear this. Um, it uh, should be about 10 at this point. And people are listening to them, Ryan. Yeah. Over 200 downloads so far. Huge. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. So that's what's happening. Also, uh, we have Katie and Gwen, uh, two of our favorite crew members here. Say hello, ladies. Or lady and gender nonconformist. Hello. Katie. Hello. One of the things I was noticing listening to the earlier episodes is that Katie used to weigh in quite a bit. And she was always really funny and interesting. And then she got real quiet. What, what's that about, Katie? Maybe I had to weigh in more because I had to help you uh, contain ADD Jeff. And now the co-hosts are just doing all the heavy lifting. It's so true. <laughs> it is true. Jeff, but I'm here Jeff every Sunday. Yeah. Well, I love that you're here every Sunday. And I, I love when you, uh, when you add your uh, feminine voice to my very masculine <laughs> banter. Sure. Very mask. I'm totes mask. Mask for mask. <laughs> and speaking of men, uh, our first story is uh, something that um, I had no idea about. Gay men now earn more than straight men. Yes. And what really shocked me about the story is that for a long time now, it's been well known that lesbians make more than their straight counterparts. I always thought it was the opposite. I thought sure. both gay men and lesbians earned less than straight people. But for a long time now, lesbians have out-earned heterosexual women. And now we have finally caught up and we are also making more. We did Where's it. my cash? <laughs> right? Gwen is like, I'm not making more money. Can I see some of that, please? Mm -hmm. uh, it'll come, Gwen. You're still young. You got to give it time. You're, <laughs> you're a youngster. It, uh, two Vanderbilt economists linked self-reported sexual orientation with earnings for U.S. adults who were employed during uh, 2013 to 2015. They found that gay full-time employed men made on average 10% more than wow. similarly employed straight men. The difference in pay persisted even when they controlled for things like uh, race, age, ethnicity, and the size of one's uh, <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> the size of one's firm, it says, but I think they mean company, and the size of one's family. So it isn't just that, uh, okay, I'm gay, so I don't have any kids, I don't have any commitments, I don't have a wife at home. Yeah. No, they're saying they controlled for those factors, and, and we still make more. That's a lot of money, Henry. It's because gay people are just nicer we're better. fucking awesome right? <laughs> thank you I Gwen. i don't know how true that actually is but I feel it's like totally true to it. their analysis showed that lesbian uh lesbians made a premium a premium of about nine percent more than their straight counterparts here's what's interesting bisexual men and women not so lucky mm -hmm. they earn less than both their gay and their straight counterparts that's weird right yeah that is a little weird I mean, bi people do face a very specific sort of discrimination where, like, it's like neither straight people nor gay people take them seriously a lot of the time. That's true. That's true. And maybe it's it affects their self-esteem, which could affect their job what performance. That definitely place. could be a thing. The weird thing is the overall employment of gay men is still low. So, in other words, gay men are underemployed relative to when straight guys. When they are employed. But when we get money. those jobs, honey, we make we bank. Bring it. And I got to say, I this story speaks to me because my whole life I have felt like I have to be the best, smartest, hardest working person in the room, in any room. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't matter whether it's a job, whether it's uh, a, whether the chorus that Ryan and I sing in. I mm -hmm. always have to like 
outshine everybody else and show everyone how dedicated I am. And I think maybe that comes from growing up being told that there's something terribly wrong and shameful about you because you're gay and internalizing all of that homophobia. And you're like, I'll show you. And so I think we're just overachievers. Yeah. Trying to, you know, overcompensate for our lack of whatever acceptance or. And our small dicks. I'm trying to overcompensate (laughs) for that. That's the daily struggle, isn't it? <laughs> Medium-sized dicks, I should say. Average. And I don't want to out Ryan as having a, a small dick. Ryan can own his own penis. It is it is wonderfully average, and hey. I am not afraid to say that. Here I am. Here I am. Here's my penis. Here's my pay increase. Well, it's nice <laughs> to know that at least we're compensated for our terrible feelings of, uh, <laughs> we of need low self-esteem right. and uh, misery. Because money makes everything better, right? On to some men who don't have to worry about small penises mm. because they have huge ones. Um, there's This happened actually a couple of weeks ago. I've been wanting to talk about it, but we haven't had time to get to it. It's a really interesting story. Do you know what the gay VNs are? Yeah, like gay porn awards. Correct. They're, um, they have the AVNs, which are the adult... Uh, what do they stand for? The adult video... Adult video... Some things... And they've been around forever. And so for many years, the gay VNs have been the the, the LGBT, emphasis on G, mm, right. <laughs> version of those. Well, <clears throat> a, a gay adult performer named Hugh Hunter, a white guy, turned down each of his nominations uh, this past awards ceremony uh, for the gay VNs because he feels the gay VNs are racist. In a lengthy tweet, he called out both the organization and the porn industry as a whole He said, quote, the gay porn industry has always been a place of veiled racism and bigotry. It now appears as this is him talking still. It now appears as if the gay VN awards have chosen to make this racism bigotry more blatant in their return to the awards arena. Uh, Basically, as he browsed through the categories, he noticed a category called ethnic which was specifically for black, Latin, and Asian actors. He asks, why? Why are these scenes not just included in the best scene category? Why would a gay porn company choose to separate minority groups into their own races at an event that is supposed to celebrate the gay industry in its entirety? So he he declined his nominations. He, he wasn't just like some average porn star. He was like a big, big porn star, yeah. a big name, who got all these nominations and said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. This is racist. I agree with him i'm i'm happy he i mean porn has always been some sort of like racist you know just categories asian hispanic fat you know whatever it is it's always been kind of like broken down into those those groups and um well, can you imagine if the Academy Awards had like best black actor, right, or best Asian actor, like, or even just best ethnic? It would, there would, it would be because insane. Even, even in the the forties, the thirties and forties, when the Oscars started, they didn't have that. So it is, it is crazy. Um, also, m- most of my friends love watching white on black or black on white, yes. or you know, Latin on I'm black. Here for all of it, mo- most guy, most gay guys I know are into all. They want to see all kind of dick and ass on that screen. So after Hugh Hunter did this, another gay porn star named Sean Zavran, he weighed in uh, himself. Now, Sean is a a person of color. He's a a black man. And he issued a statement that was very thoughtful, where on the one hand, he said, yeah, this is racist bullshit. And he, too, 
turned down, he declined all of his Gavian nominations. But at the same time, he's concerned that if they start declining the nominations, is that just going to marginal, marginalize them even further? Here's a little bit of what Sean Zavran had to say. Because my fear is, let's say we took the category out, the Gavian, you know, uh, would, would the work of those nominated even go recognized? Um, so that's just something that we, you know, I, I don't know. Um, again, like I said, there, there's there's pros and cons to having a, a best ethnic scene category. And I would like to see, for example, the two guys that, that I did the scene with that, that we've been nominated for, Micah Brent and Bo Banks, uh, in my personal opinion, who are the best in the industry right now. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think most of us that were nominated in that category would be uh, even recognized were it not for having that category. You know, you think of porn stars as being just a bunch of idiots who just fuck for money, but they, both those guys seem pretty smart yeah. to me and thoughtful. They're people too. They're people. They're not just beautiful dicks. men with huge dicks. Now, I should mention that the GVNs were actually suspended in 2011. They've been gone for some that. time, but they, uh, they've returned for 2018 and they'll be handed out on January 21st. So um, maybe it's time great that they got... Start. Right? They're probably freaking <laughs> out. But it's great that they're having this discussion and they absolutely should do away yeah. with that category. And to address Sean Zavran's concerns, they should they should recognize porn actors, porn stars of mm-hmm. all colors, porn artists of all dick sizes, of all of levels all, of whole tightness, yes, etc. I thought here, that was here. an interesting story. Here's another interesting story that uh, happened a couple weeks ago in North Carolina. Now we've had stories like this before, where a homophobic customer comes in and or or customers and they have a gay or lesbian weight person and they leave some really nasty cunty note on their um receipt so this happened to this gay waiter at a place called hickory tavern which sounds like a shithole yeah it sounds fabulous one of his customers wrote our gay waiter made me want to throw up on my food ruined my experience we will not be back now he shared the picture of this receipt on social media, as many have done. But in a twist, he was fired for doing that. That's some bullshit. Right? That is so fucked up. Like It's ev- North Carolina. Are we really surprised? Yeah, but every other time we've had stories like this, we actually interviewed this waitress uh, from, I believe, Ohio a few months ago. And the same thing had happened to her. And usually they get an outpouring of support, not only from the public, but from their own restaurant will say like, hey, we're so sorry this happened to you and, you know, we're going to take up a collection for you or whatever. (coughs) Excuse me. This guy gets fired. I don't know. I have a weirdly disproportionate amount of friends from North Carolina despite never living there. And the whole state is kind of... I'm unsurprised, unfortunately. North Carolina has also very progressive pockets like Charlotte and Asheville. I mean, it depends on where you are. This was in... um, Where the hell was this? I'll find out. But uh, I should let you know that there was such pressure on the restaurant after they fired him that they've now offered him his his job back. Oh, really? I wouldn't want to go back. Yeah, fuck you. But he has declined. Okay, you guys, I'm losing my voice again on air. Hold on, Ryan, talk. Okay. Talk about the waiter. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go back there. And uh, and if I did go back there. I'd want a pay increase. I want a contract that has some better benefits. 
I want to get hooked up. Yeah, I would. I would request all that and be like, well, I'll tweet about it if uh, you know if you do hire me back at a higher rate. You know, get your money, and get and, involved. Yeah. Um, what's like the worst thing a customer has done to you in like any of your jobs? I mean, I work in hospitality, so I get yelled at all the time okay. by people that just have no patience and are just like. They just want everything to be taken care of right then and there in the moment. Right. And like, you know, the problem is, is that even if you, even if whatever it is that they're upset about has nothing to do with you, if you are standing before them, you will get the wrath of mm-hmm. that person and they will go in on you for no reason other than that they're just. But you haven't been specifically gay bashed. Oh, gay. Oh, for being gay. Yeah. Oh no. But I have had people like assume that I was straight and like. Ask me about, like, You're, do I have a girlfriend? Uh, or, like, I'd love to set you up with my niece. Where, where or, are the good titty bars around here? Right. Yeah, I've, I've been asked about strip clubs. And I actually do know a couple, so. I so, get that same issue all the time. People always assume I'm straight. And I'm just like, I am neither really a girl nor interested in men. So you're wrong on two accounts. Right. <laughs> Shade, thank you guys for taking up slack. You guys, I don't know what the fuck keeps happening to my voice. I I thought it was wine that I was drinking, so I stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm not drinking right now. All I had was tea and water, and my fucking throat closes down. It's really frustrating when I'm trying to do a radio show. So thank you all. If it happens again, just do exactly what you did and come up with your own discussion. Um, This is a story that uh, I I saw on this uh, website called Board Panda. And it's my favorite story of of the year because it's just fantastic audio. Um, you know when you're at a concert, Ryan, mm-hmm. and there's a the I'm talking about classical music. There's like this very sort of lulling, gentle section of the music. Then there's a long pause, and then all of a sudden they boom, like they come in really loud, and the brass hits and the drum hits. So this happened in California. And one of the members of the audience had clearly fallen asleep. This was the North State Symphony in California. And the piece was The Firebird by Igor Stravinsky. So we have uh, we have this soundbite, and you have to be patient. There's a long gap in the middle of it. But when the orchestra comes back in full force, she gets roused from her deep sleep and screams. Listen to this. You could hear the audience laughing. The musicians took it all in stride, not missing a beat. Audience and audience and musicians alike found the incident highly amusing. The website says something like this would be frowned upon as rude and disrespectful in many concert halls. Uh, but it was lucky for her that it was taken <laughs> with good humor. There it's were a lot of like f- a it's kind of sexual sounding. She's like ah, ah! <laughs> right. It's like she had an orgasm. <laughs> Maybe she was having a sexy dream when it happened. Maybe. I love that story. I think it's just so funny. Um, All right. So for this next story, uh, because we have a story about Tyra Banks and Nina Bonina Brown. So we turn to our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent, Ryan Frostig. Yes. Ryan, tell us what happened. Well, um, 
first of all, uh, Paper Magazine um, has been trying to outgag their their uh, their readers with these covers. So it started with Kim Kardashian and her butt, and then it was Nicki Minaj having a threesome with herself, and now they have Tyra Banks on the cover as a tiger, like painted, full, fully realized tiger female whatever it's an elaborate makeup yeah job and um people have like accused her of um ripping off nina bonina bonana fofana osama bin laden brown <laughs> which is her full name who was a contestant on season nine of rupaul's drag race who's a fierce makeup artist she's kind of a little bit disturbed, but she's an amazing artist and she has always created these characters. Like she'll make corn, she'll paint corn onto her face and make it like sexy corn or like any animal or any zombie, whatever. So she did a look on the show that was like a leopard, like a feminine, like feminine, sexy leopard look. And people are accusing Tyra of ripping her off. They look a lot alike. They do. And it's interesting because Nina is notorious for just like, throwing shade being a bitch being like super cunty on social media and doing these like live videos on her instagram and just like reading people for filth she actually was super um you know okay with with what tyra did and she she did say something about like how um the gay community is always like stolen from and and never given credit for their work right uh, but, Our work is appropriated. Yeah, yeah. Without compensation, and that's not what she said. That's me talking. Right, by the way, no, but like that's what she was implying. And and uh, but she's not. She doesn't seem to. There's really no story here. Right. It, it would have been more. She could have, if Nina had wanted to, she could have turned this into a much bigger oh, fucking yeah. deal. But she sort of diffused it. And meanwhile, you know, when a celebrity. When a celebrity wears an outfit or has a makeup job that looks like another celebrity, is it really their fault or is it the stylist and or makeup artist who did them up? Like Nina didn't, Tyra I'm sure didn't say make me look like Nina Bonina Brown. Maybe she did. Right. But more likely the makeup artist was inspired. Right. Someone And someone on that team is definitely watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Sure. So. I mean, come on. If you're in fashion or makeup or hair, that's got to be your favorite show. Just like you and me. Their favorite shows are RuPaul's Drag Race and Project Runway. Yeah, exactly. You can't miss a single episode of either of those shows. By the way, Ryan and I are still trying to watch the Project <laughs> Runway reunion. We have, what, 10 minutes left? 12 <laughs> it aired like two weeks. weeks ago, but we're watching it behind the times. We tried to watch the whole thing the other night, and then Ryan had to leave to go um, meet his aunt for dinner. But, but it, what we did see... It, well, it's all about the, the most annoying identical twins of all time. Indeed horrible if you haven't watched it uh just tweet or i'm sorry just go on twitter and search for project runway and twins and you'll laugh your asses off at all of the i mean people are hateful it's it's some shit now this next story is also uh, very interesting to ryan yes because as we've said in the past he is an ass aficionado (laughs) and uh, this story comes from my favorite website cocktailsandcocktalk.com I read it every morning right before the New York Times and the Washington Post. Um, apparently, remosas are becoming a thing. <laughs> a remosa is... I got to make sure I get this right. A remosa is when you pour champagne down someone's ass and then lick it out of their butthole. 
So this is amazing. <laughs> However, you got to act fast because if you don't get it right away, it's going to get real sticky. I mean, if you're really with a talented bottom yes. and you're a good pourer, you can actually pour champagne into someone's ass. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes sort of like a champagne enema. And I'm not sure even you would want to drink that. Well, I'm thinking like, you know, cheeks would have to, I, I'm thinking it just like drips right down the crack. So someone would have to like spread the cheeks and it would just, you have to be ready to go to kind of like take it all in at the bottom. It really brings a whole new meaning to bottomless brunch. But according to the website, bougie gays are swapping their mimosas for rimosas. Uh, one partner pours champagne into the other's butthole. Uh, the article says, so instead of dragging your ass out of bed for brunch and then chasing dick around Sunday, <laughs> cut to the middleman with the Ramosas. Now, I uh, was inspired by this story, and I came up with other uh, alcoholic beverages and cocktails that could involve the ass. Oh, boy. Would you like to hear my list? Yeah. Let's hear it. We have the Heineken. <laughs> That's when you pour Heineken beer in someone's Ugh. ass. And uh, that doesn't it. sound so appealing to me. The White Tushin. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is uh, instead of the white Russian, you pour Kahlua and milk, and uh, oh and God, not not milk, no. Sure, yeah, that's no. the white tushin. Now that's for white Maybe asses, obviously, but we don't want to uh, something be... non dairy. Don't put. <laughs> well, you could use soy milk. Yeah, okay. almond milk. I'm a vegan, so I okay. could have a white I f- Russian. I just, I just feel like dairy is a bad idea. <laughs> you don't think dairy belongs in the ass? No. Well, anyway, so so that's the white tushin, and I uh, we didn't want to be racist, and and we didn't want any of the black asses to feel left out. So for them, we have Johnny Walker Black Booty. Yes. Which is when you take Johnny Walker Black. Pour it in a black ass. ass. And I, I did half of that last night. I right. I drank some Johnny Walker Black. I did not no lick any anyone's <laughs> ass. Um moving on oh with the list, God. we have the we have the Long Island ass tea. <laughs> <laughs> that one involves several different liquors. Exactly. That's probably the most uh dangerous of them all. Well that's a real top shelf yeah. cocktail. I mean you gotta really be invested in that ass because you got vodka, gin, rum, tequila, and triple sec all yeah, going. That's not for any ass. That's for like, you know, the premier that would Quality. be like one of the asses that, that Ryan follows on Instagram. Exactly. And finally, instead of the Bloody Mary, the Booty Harry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which you oh would not like. I don't like any hair on my booties. All I like an, a hairless booty. But nice... Ryan... All I'm going to say yes, Gwen. is this. I'm like almost crying right now. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And also... I immediately need to show this to my partner because they are going to write it into one of their stories and then probably accidentally get into it. Like, like you know when you joke about being into a yeah, fetish? but then and suddenly then it really, becomes a thing. Well, I'm calling out my partner right now. I'm going to show this to them, and in a few months, they'll be into it. You will real. be getting champagne poured down your ass not my ass and then drank right out um i think katie's trying to get you out of the way there going because she she needs to to contact our guest um i have a feeling that cocktails and cock talk just makes up a lot of shit yeah i mean i think someone on their staff was like what can we write about today like who is really doing this right like the article says like oh this is becoming a thing who's according to who like who what survey did they send out that said, like, hey, how many of you are pouring champagne into your uh, boyfriend's buttholes? It's just like, again, like, 
in theory, yes, it's fabulous. I love a brunch. I love an ass. It's great. But it gets, it just it sounds messy. It's messy. And things are already a little bit messy down there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, I, listen, I'm not into um, golden showers. But the one time I did it mm-hmm. with a boyfriend many years ago when we were really fucked up and he said, I want you to pee on me. The hardest part about it was trying to figure out a place to do it <laughs> where you wouldn't make a huge mess. Right. Now, we were in a rented home and we wound up just doing it on the on the carpet. You did? <laughs> yeah. You tried. It was like a really crappy, like old, dirty carpet. So just piss on it. And we were in Fire Island and we were, as I said, we were... We had ingested a few things that night, and sure. I just said, I'm going to pee on you. And most of it got on him, not the carpet. So but, um, chest, back, ass, I mean, face. I don't, I don't, I think I, I don't think I did it on his face. I think I did it like from the neck down and I, it did nothing for me. Right. But he later said it was the hottest thing that had ever happened to him. Hey, <laughs> whatever gets Apparently you I'm good at golden showers. Who knew? The last story I want to talk about before we uh, talk to Mo Gaffney, who I'm so excited to have on the show, is this story that caught my eye. And it's about a tiny Irish village where Viagra is manufactured. This is in the village of Ringsakitty in <laughs> County Cork in Ireland. The pharmaceutical firm Pfizer has a Viagra factory there, and villagers claim that the fumes from the plant are giving all of the local men constant erections. <laughs> Not only are the men getting erections, the male dogs are getting erections. Oh, God. Barmaid Debbie O'Grady told the Sunday Times, One whiff and you're stiff. (laughs) We've been getting the love fumes for years now for free. That's my terrible Irish accent. Ms. Ms. O'Grady's mother, Sadie, said that living in Ringsakitty is a blessing for the men who suffer problems in that department, adding that there's something in the air. The widower added, I'm a flirtatious woman, a lot of us are. You just have to have a spark, that's all. There's a lovely man waiting down the road for me right now. Pfizer says that the stiff whiff was nothing more than an amusing myth, but they have no hard feelings. (laughs) Ah. They say, quote, our manufacturing process has always been highly sophisticated as well as highly regulated, and yet this keeps happening. Men's dicks and dogs' dicks are getting hard. So good for them. Uh, hey, if it's growing, let it show. Let and... it grow. And on that note, I'm sure she loves the segue. Our guest today is an Obie Award-winning actress and comedian, star of stage, screen, and television, and someone that, uh, as I said earlier, I have always loved. Playing Bo on the hit series Absolutely Fabulous, among with many, many television roles. Joining us on the phone all the way from Los Angeles is Mo Gaffney. Come on! Uh, hello thank you thank you so much how are you sweet lady i'm all right how are you i'm good i have to this episode isn't going to air for another week but i need to ask you because you're in los angeles Mm. are you safe is everyone you know and care about safe what's happening with the fires well yeah so far i mean yeah i'm safe and um uh the fires are are uh, in ventura which is not close to me and then the other one i guess the creek fire is over past burbank that way which isn't close to me the closest one was the um getty fire or what were they calling that i don't know but the one that was off the 405 but that one is 75 percent contained but uh yeah it's um 
it's something that we deal with here in California, earthquakes and fires. And since uh, Republicans hate us, they made sure to make, you know, the, in the tax bill to make sure we didn't get a lot of uh, help with those sort of things. Right. At a time when you need more resources, they're giving you yeah. less, fewer. Because the freaking devil and his minions are Republicans right now. Well, we're going to talk about you, Republican. No, we're, we we agree a hundred percent here on the Adam Sand okay. Show, and we'll be talking about that with you a little later because I I do okay. want to talk about your activism, but first I want to talk about you. Oh, I'm so boring, Adam. You're so not boring, and I, oh. Mo, I'm betting that the first two things people notice about you when they first encounter you are your voice, <laughs> your voice, and your mm. height. Um. That's, well, my voice, is, the interesting thing about that is I've been recognized for my voice, but only in um, England. Here, not so much. In England, for some reason, I think it's because they mostly hear English accents. And when I'm on AdFab there, obviously, I have an American accent. So uh, I have been recognized for my voice there. But I think you have such a um, rich, there's such a rich, plummy sound to your voice. Like I, I oh. feel like no one else sounds like you. And and it's wow. it, there's something very soothing about it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wish that could you know make me some money on the open market, but um, <laughs> not a lot of voiceover so gigs. But so far, no love. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really go try and get a lot of voiceover gigs, but uh, yeah. Uh, but I have been told before that I have a, a somewhat um, interesting voice, which is nice. Why not? It's, it's, and for my height, I'm I'm just five foot eight and a half. I'm not exactly a giant. Why do you look six foot three on the screen to me? <laughs> I think because possibly uh, I I'm a, I act like I'm taller, and that's just as good of an actress I am. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you, you probably you have a wonderful carriage. Let's say you carry yourself oh, as, a, as a very so tall. People always think my I'm shorter. Six foot, my son is six foot four. So oh, I like that. Yeah, and his dad is six foot eight, so I'm mostly Jesus. so short. Yeah, good lord! So you're the you're the uh, the little person of the family. Yeah, I'm perfectly petite over here. Mo, the other thing I think people assume about you—not everyone, but a lot of people—is they think that you're gay. Okay, but you're not, right? You're just a very <laughs> strong well, ally. I uh, I don't know that I, I guess I've always said when people say are you gay or straight, I say yes because. Um, to me, that is, uh, obviously, uh, when, when you're asking for rights that everybody else has, you know what I mean? Yes. Then I am gay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I am my brothers and sisters. So, it, you know, to me, I don't know that it, it matters whether I'm gay or straight. Um, to me, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if anyone's gay or straight. I think good for you, whatever, you know, enjoy yourself. So, um, which is why I've always said, yes, I am gay or straight, or somewhere in between, because it doesn't matter. I mean, what really matters is that we are all treated equally, yes, and uh, with the same amount of respect as anybody else. And so, if uh, someone needs me to be gay, okay, I'm gay. Right. If they need me to be somewhere else on the scale, all right, I'm that, because... Uh, all that really matters is that those people are respected and given the same uh, human rights as anybody else. Right. You but, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's always the, the thing with um, marriage equality 
I don't know that marriage is such a great fucking thing in the first place. I hope I can cuss on this show. You can say anything your heart desires. Okay. <laughs> Good. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know that marriage is the perfect answer for, you know, our society. It but, certainly isn't for some people. Yeah. Regardless, um, if you want to get married, you should be able to. Do you know what I mean? So... And in our society, it means something to be married. It means something financially. It means something socially. And so, um, I believe in marriage equality, of course. And so, anyways, that's well, a long you answer to a short question. No, it's a great answer. But I also think there's something about your comic sensibility um, that has such a strong appeal to the LGBTQ community. I mean, I certainly have always loved it. And I feel like that's something you and Kathy Najimy... Uh, one mm-hmm. of your longtime collaborators, share. I feel like both of you, uh, you just tickle the gay funny bone. Well, um, to me in general, people who have um, uh, sort of suffered <laughs> more, and if they handle it in the right way, they, they, they come out of it with, with a, a good sense of humor, quite frankly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, if if uh, if they handle if they can handle it right, if they don't handle it right, they're just sort of have a sad, sorry life, and I'm, I'm terribly sorry for them. But then the rest of us who see a, a, a future for ourselves, um, you you have to see the comedy in it, and because a lot of it uh, is so senseless in the first place, it's uh, it's sort of fun to make fun of it. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I I have been uh, around and with. Um, LGBTQRSTV WXYZ people <laughs> my entire life and uh, some of them uh, uh, from when I was a very young age and so um, I never understood uh, I never understood the discrimination and um, uh, so I, I'm, I feel like I, I am in that community and, and of that community absolutely so there you go one of the the many shows that you've been on which was a sensation at least among gay men was abfab yeah i first became aware of you in uh, 1993 i graduated college i moved to atlanta and they had just started showing abfab reruns on Mm. uh, they weren't reruns for us but they had the show had already aired in the uk and i was just so taken with it and and with you as the character Bo, how did you first get connected with Jennifer Saunders? Well, I when I did the Kathy and Mo show, uh, a woman named Ruby Wax, who is an American, but she's lived in England most of her life, and she's a, a comedian and, a, and an actress, and she had a show in England called The Full Wax. And so she came over here to see her friend, Alan Rickman, if I can drop up freaking name for a minute. Please and do. Drop as many names dang- as you can. <laughs> Dangerous Liaisons at the time on, on Broadway, but it was called something else. Dang- you know, the French way, they say it. And so they came and saw the Kathy Mo show, and she asked me if I wanted to do this uh, thing on her show, her show that showed in England called um, The Full Wax, and I said yes, where I would play an American reporter reporting from America for English people. And so I did. I sent little five-minute films uh, of Kathy Turner inside America, so you don't have to be. And um, 
uh, Jennifer saw me on that, and she then asked me to be in uh, AdFab. And that's the whole story. How much co- collaboration did she and you have in creating the character Bo? Or did you just walk in with the with the role already developed and scripted? No, she uh, she's really collaborative, and um, uh, because she writes she writes the whole show. It's not like there's a ton of executives helping her out. You never have to sort of run it in front of anybody. She just writes it, and then we. Uh, rehearse it and then we do it so it's completely different than American television which has you know these executives put their two cents in you know they went to Harvard Business School and and they're being creative so anyways um, there it's just her so we go in and sometimes she just puts Mo sings a song here or Mo uh, say something about this here and um I do. <laughs> and so it's very, you know, if you can think of something funny to do, she's like, hey, do it. So it's... Uh, and it's, you must love that because you're a writer and an improviser as well. So it's a... It, yes. It's a, I do love it. And I it looked, love it. It looked to me, God, like the most fun show you could ever be on. Like it just looked like such a blast to me. And it is. Can I say? It totally is. It's, and everyone there is just, so nice and um, inclusive and funny and kind and it's a, it's a it's the best show other than the Kathy and Mo show uh, that course. that I've done. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. I feel like um, I could do it forever, and it, she just might do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, thank God they keep yeah. bringing back more, uh, further incarnations of it in the movie, and you know, I love the yeah. fact that Bo and Marshall have become sort of central characters now. They're they're like <laughs> well, everywhere. We're in the family. Mo, you have been on. Uh, I was looking through your Wikipedia page, and you have been on like so many iconic sitcoms. You know, like like you've you've made guest appearances and recurring appearances on some of the biggest shows of all time, including Mad About You and Friends. Mm-hmm. I for, I had forgotten this. On Friends, you were the yes, casting director. Yeah. I, Ryan, Ryan, my co-host Ryan, you'll remember this episode. Remember when Joey uh, was auditioning for a movie, but he had to be naked and he had to be uncircumcised. Yes. So he took um, silly putty. Monica fashioned a, a silly putty foreskin around his penis. <laughs> And when he That's went into audition for the casting director, that was Mo Gaffney. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you remember the experience? Was it amazing? Oh, it was fantastic. It was so, uh, they just called me and uh, I think it was on Tuesday and they said, will you come do this part? And I said, of course I will. I want to be on Friends. So I went and, you know, it was just an incredibly great experience. They were all so kind and welcoming and, uh, and freaking, uh, what's his name, uh, Matt LeBlanc was, couldn't have been nicer, and just all of them, you know, and then Jennifer Anson, I know a little bit anyway, and it was great to see her, and yeah, that was great, and you know, the good thing about Friends is that um, it, it keeps playing. Forever. <laughs> I get like $25 every now and then, which is kind of nice. Oh, you still get residuals from that? Oh, yeah. You get residuals. I've had a residual for a penny before. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the, the only residuals I've ever gotten were from the one episode of Last Comic Standing I was on, and it's the same thing. I'll get like 26 cents, and I'm like, woohoo! Yeah. 
Yippee! Yeah, wee! But but uh, all right. So I have to ask you this: Have you did you get to see Matt LeBlanc full Monty? Because that's something I fantasized about many times. No, I just got to see him in his underwear, which was pretty nice. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset about that. Boxers or briefs? But no, no. Uh, full yeah, Monty. Yeah, was it boxers or briefs? It was boxer briefs. Oh, I like that. You know, he's uh, he's on that show episodes and uh, yes. he's playing a character named Matt LeBlanc and, and his character is supposed to have this enormous penis. So I've always been obsessed with the thought well, of you that. Know, I, God, I don't remember. It was quite a few years ago. If you were a gay and, man, uh, you would never forget. Never forget. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mo, a year ago, yeah. you were uh, getting ready to perform a, a reading of Steel Magnolias in Palm Springs. Yes. With Florence Henderson. Aww. And then two days before the reading was set to happen, she died. I know. It was horrible. Were you guys in shock? Yeah, we were. Because, um, you know, I'd done that that, chari- that uh, charity thing with her before, um, Coyote Stageworks in Palm Springs. And we had done a reading of the women, I think, or something. And she's lovely. And I've met her a few times. And she's just honestly, truly the funnest was sorry the you know so fun and so kind and so um funny and talented and and so i was really looking forward to it i was really looking forward to working with her again and um you know she was sick and then she they said she's sick so she's going to come late and then that was it she passed it was and sudden it was, uh, it was totally unexpected yeah, it, it wasn't was really like, yeah because really she still shocking. she was someone who was very active and you'd see her on tv and, you know she'd oh, show yeah. up on a talk show or, or to promote something and she looked fabulous yeah you know, she, didn't, she really did look fabulous it's so age, sad did the re- did the reading end up taking place did they replace her with someone else well what we did is the last minute they called kathy rigby who um had uh done the done the um uh, done was her gala charity thing before. What did they do with her? Oh, I did, um, no, she didn't do that. She did, I did a run of, um, oh, what is the goddamn show about the clothes? About clothes? <laughs> yes. About, oh, I don't remember it. Anyway. Give us a few more clues. A, We're gay. We can get it. Yes. You can get it. Queens. It was about, um, Rosie O'Donnell did it on Off-Broadway or Broadway? Greece? No, it wasn't a musical. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so stupid. I'm going to find out. <laughs> All right. Hold on a second. Um, anyway, so she was in, it was right after Christmas, and I think she was uh, in Texas or somewhere visiting one of her kids. Kathy Rigby Christmas. you're talking about. Yes, and so she hopped in her car and drove and drove. And she did it for us. It was fantastic. I would have loved She's to have so seen great. that. I would have loved to it have seen, great. you know, a, a yeah. live reading of Steel Magnolias. How fucking yeah. awesome. You, it was so much fun. I can't even begin to tell you. It's one of the most fun times I've ever had on stage. Is is stage acting still the most thrilling? Um, yes. Yes, it is. You know, compared with movies and, and TV? Oh, yeah, definitely. Although the thing about... um. Uh, I'm going to say multi-cam work, uh, situation uh, comedies, is that you are in front of an audience. Right. Do you know what I mean? You actually have an a audience. A studio there. audience, so yeah. So it's, uh, it's like the best of both worlds. But, don't you, have to, money. 
But don't you have to re? <laughs> I'm sure it's better money. But don't you have to retake over and over and over again? And there's all this stop and go. Yes, that's true. But you do do it the first time, and if they laugh, you're like, hey, they laughed, and yeah. So it it uh, I like it. I like doing a multi cam sitcom a lot. But I do like. I guess I do like stage the best because there's just this. You know, like everybody says, I'm not going to say it. That it's connection with, like the, with the audience. We're all in this together, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I want to talk about your yeah. activism uh, because I've been watching your videos where you're traveling around L.A. and other areas uh, with your friend Corey, and it's called On the Road with Corey and Mo. So, first yeah. of all, explain who Corey is and then and tell us about what you're doing <laughs> and why you're doing it. Corey is... Um, my friend Steve Gunderson, who I've known for, oh God, I don't know how many years, older than you are probably, Adam. I've known him quite a while. He's Kathy and Jimmy's best friend, and he's a very good friend of mine. And his husband's name is Corey, and I married them. Um, you know, I married them up together when they got married. You were the officiant. I was. And uh, so Corey and I, and I guess they've been together about 15 or 16 years, um, and he's just, I have this OG group, you know, from sort of, we all grew up in San Diego, and we've stayed friends um, since. So it's like Kathy and Steve and Bill and Mark and uh, Melinda and Jeannie and Adele. And then everybody's spouses are, you know, folded into the group. And so Corey was a fold-in, and now he's one of my best friends. And so, and he's very political and funny. And so, uh, we just, one day, I guess, I just started filming us when we were driving to San Diego, and then we thought, let's just do this so we can spout off. And people will watch, people are more willing to watch something, I think, than just listen to something. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but because I mostly just listen to stuff, so I do it in the car. But we did it anyways, and um, that's where that came from. Now we do it sporadically. And you're going to rallies. You're going to political rallies and demonstrations. We have some time. Oh, with him, I always, yeah, we go to all the marches together. He's my marching buddy, and we also have a marching guide, which has its own Twitter account. And um, What's the Twitter account? The marching bag. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but that's the name of it. Just wanted to be clear. What, what, what inspired you? Were you inspired the day that Donald Trump won the election, uh, when, when did this rush of activism really hit you? Then, like, like the second I realized that the worst thing possible could happen. Wasn't happened. it Wasn't it just the worst feeling? Like, like, it is. Like it just still is the worst feeling. Being shot in the face. Yeah. It was impossible. I mean, I, I look back at what I posted on Facebook, and I posted uh, what will become of us. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I truly still think that. I, I think it's almost beyond our kin that this could happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's almost beyond what we understand as a, as a country. Yeah. Every day um, feels every day feels surreal. Every day feels like is this is this shit really it happening? It absolutely does. And all the freaking papers do is talk to the Trump voters. Do you know what I mean? I've seen more articles about the Trump voters and I have about the millions more people who didn't vote for him. I think newspapers, so, I think the media in general, because they called the election so wrong, 
I think they're bending over backwards now to be like, look how fair and balanced we are, and look how now we're yeah. going to reach out to the. Guess to these what? I don't think they did call it. I don't think they called it wrong. And I may be proved wrong, and I might be a conspiracy nut, but I don't think they called it. You wrong. think there was? I think, you think there was ballot tampering. Uh, I, I don't know if there was ballot tampering, but there was machine tampering. Yes, and there may have been count tampering. So. Um, I don't know if you follow Mike Farb on Twitter, but follow him. He's got a lot to say about that. And um, I honestly just, uh, and I could be wrong. I guess maybe it's just my, the well, but Mo, But the thing is, Mo, I had the hmm. same immediate reaction to you as I thought something's been fucked with. But the, but the truth is, the exit polls matched the vote counts. And so, you know, when they do it, when they do these exit polls, those are done in person with people leaving the voting booth and someone says, how did you vote? If those had been wildly off or even mm. significantly off, um, then I think there would, be, there would have been a real case. But it seems like somehow people also, actually voted yeah. for him. But there's also these very questionable uh, percentages that you find in the um, swing states that... Uh, he won by exactly how much he had to win by in in all those states. So it's all it's all very questionable to me. And uh, maybe it's just my hope that there aren't that many horribly fucking stupid people in America. Maybe that's my hope. My hope um, is but, that my hope is that the investigation becomes um, it becomes so clear. Uh, that there was treason, treason and collusion. That even the Republicans, who up to this point have shown absolutely no uh, moral clarity or integrity, will have to move for yeah. impeachment. I yeah. also think Trump's well, going to resign because he's never going to face the music. No, no. I mean, I I just want him out. I just want him gone. I want him gone so bad. But the, then he also has to take these horrible, soulless psychopaths with him, like Mulvaney and. Uh, freaking McConnell and Ryan and you know well, all and Jeff stuff. Sessions, even Miller guy and Jeff Sessions. Oh my God! And everybody knows. I mean, all those all those Republicans know. They know. They freaking know. But they took a lot of money from questionable sources, so they don't want it, that to come out. And um, they want to try and you know please their donors, which they said out loud. Yep. The whole thing's a fucking mess. Mo, in the in the few minutes that we have remaining, we have to play a game that I play with every guest. It's called Ask Me No Questions. Okay. Hit it, Gwen. <laughs> okay, we didn't hear the first part of it. Hit it again, Gwen. Come on. Hit it. <laughs> Ask me no questions. You'll never know how hard I worked on that jingle, Mo. Okay. It's beautiful. Here we, thank you. Here we go. Ready? Who are you more like, Patsy or Adina? I am more like Adina. Name an accent that you can't do well. Um, Indian, like Asian Indian. Well, that, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> what, yeah. white, white people probably shouldn't do Asian accents, no, right? I don't think so. Who's been the, I can't play an Asian. No. So, Who's yeah. been the best president of your lifetime? Barack Obama. I would say so, too. Definitely. Way better than Bill Clinton. Barack, nev like Barack never sexually yeah. assaulted anyone. Um, yeah. What is your favorite movie of all time? I don't have a favorite movie of all time. One of your faves? Um, I'm going to say Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. A new one. I loved it. It was fabulous, I loved it. right? 
especially the beginning part when they're just in on the island with all the badass women kicking ass. I love that. that. Was I watched that part a thousand times. That was my favorite part. That's I think amazing. Ryan and I are both saying that's, uh, you know, for gay men, that was like the whole movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> are you a super uh, a fan of that genre in general? No. <clears throat> Me neither. No. <laughs> but I did go see Wonder Woman in the theater, and I was very happy. Yeah. Mo, what and is I the, bought it, too. What is the worst gig you've ever had? And I'm talking about like a night when you had to show up and do something. I was in a group called Hot Flashes, which is, was an improv comedy group. And um, we, uh, you know, we were in San Diego, but we came up to L.A. to do a couple of gigs. And we were in this theater. Um, we, I don't know, we ran out of this theater or something. And we went in, and there were more people on stage than there were in the audience. Happened to me many times. Yeah, there were five people on stage, and there were like three people in the audience. So we were like, okay, we're not doing this show. We went out front, and I'm standing there with one of the women. And two people walk up and they're going to come to the show. And um, they're like, oh, what happened? You're not having any show? And I was like, no, one of us got sick, so we can't do the show. And they're like, oh, that's too bad. And then Robin, this other person that's in the group, comes out. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry that one of you got sick and you can't do the show. And she said, who told you that? That is a total lie. I'm oh like standing right there. It was horrible. What a nightmare. And I was like, well, I, well, I... So that was pretty bad. Mocha then there was the time we did a one more. I'm going to tell you one more. Okay, quick. We got about a minute. Okay, uh, we were doing a show up in L.A. and the person in front of us was a complete sexist pig and went on about how horrible periods were. And oh. then uh, four women comedy group went up after that. That's bad juxtaposition. Mo Gaffney, you are a delight. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us here on the Adam Sank Show. You can uh, visit Mo's website at mogaffney.com. She's Mo Gaffney on Twitter. She's the only one. There are no no imposters. (laughs) Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Ryan Frostig. Next week is our Best of Ass holiday special with multiple co-hosts. Have a great week, bitches, and thank you all for listening.